Welcome to the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. Truth and Grace Counseling exists to provide clarity from a biblically informed perspective in order to help individuals engage life faithfully. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. In today's episode, I announce whether my wife and I are having a boy or a girl. Now, don't cheat. Don't look ahead. Let me know right now in the comments what you think it is, boy or a girl. You'll find out soon, I promise. I also finished the conversation with the Truthful Therapist. If you didn't watch the first part, go down in the description below and look at the first episode. In the last word segment, I talk about a word that's going to help you work through difficult moments in your life. I'll meet you at the water cooler. The water cooler. Hi, and welcome to the water cooler. For today, I don't have a cup. I got a mug. Uh, This is from Viridian Coffee in Duncan, Oklahoma. It's a cool little custom mug. Every once in a while in their coffee shop, they'll have different mugs made there. So I don't actually have any anything in it today. So just showing off a mug. <laughs> so as I said in the intro, we found out the gender of our new child. So without further ado, we are having a boy. So this makes two boys that we'll have. I have an 18-month-old boy and then a uh, a girl that's three years old. So super excited about having another boy. We know that my my son's going to be excited to have a little brother to to play around with. And my daughter is super excited this go around. She gets to really understand what's going on. She's looking in the the app that my wife has of just the the development that our brother's having. And she's just really excited to have another brother. So happy, happy news in our house. Another thing I wanted to announce today is a project I'm working on. So I'm working on behind the scenes, making a new website for the podcast. I don't have a domain for it yet. I'm hoping by the next podcast that I will be able to announce that to you all. So be looking forward to that in two weeks. If I get a little bit bogged down and don't have it quite up and ready, I'll let you know. But I'm planning on having it done in the next couple of weeks. So a couple of things that will be different on this website is one, I'm going to have all of the episodes listed with all of their show notes. So if you don't know what show notes are, that's all the links that I have down in the description below. Like for this one, I'll have information about Pamela's website, Truthful Therapist and and things like that. So we'll have all of those listed kind of in a blog type of format. But I also have transcriptions for a for each podcast episode. And really the big benefit of this is if somebody comes across my website and they're on their phone and they're not really in a position to where they can listen to the podcast, maybe they're in public somewhere, having the transcription will allow them to kind of scroll through the through the blog post and be able to read what's going on. So I'm excited to add that onto the website. Then I also have a couple new ways, aside from the donation link that I talked about before, that you can help monetarily support the show. And before I get more into that, I just wanted to let you know that you don't have to give money to support the show. Something as simple as liking this video, subscribing, giving me a good review on any of the podcast platforms you might listen to the show, letting your friends know about this, posting this on social media, all of that. That doesn't cost you a dime, and that really does go a long way towards supporting the show. So don't feel like I'm pressuring anybody to to having to to send me any money. That being said, I'm going to provide a couple different ways that you can help support the show aside from donation. One is I'm working on a merch shop. 
shop. So I'm going to have uh, like a, I'm working on a mug, my own mug that I can have for sale there, a t-shirt and a few other items. Let me know down in the comments if there's any particular types of merchandise that you would like to have. I don't want this just to be a fundraiser to get me money. Like I want these to be useful products for you. So feel free to let me know your thoughts on that. And then the other way that you can help support in a monetary sense is I'm going to include a recommendation section on the website. So the way that this works is through affiliate marketing. If you're not aware of what that is, basically it's I put a link up on the site or honestly they're down in the description below in, in this video even. And you click on it and most of these are going to be to Amazon. So then you go to Amazon and then whatever item I have on there, if you buy it, it is no added cost to you. It just takes you to Amazon Amazon like normal. But I actually get a little bit of a kickback from that. I get some commissions. So I'm going to have a recommendation section there on the website of different books and uh, home living items and just different things that I think that could be useful for your life. And again, I'll include that hey, I'm getting some kickback on this. I'm not trying to hide this from anyone. And, and this is part of why I wanted to make a podcast-only website. I don't really feel comfortable ethically having something like that where I'm getting kickbacks on my counseling webpage. So I wanted to have this a little bit separate. But know that you're not just giving money to help support me. Just like with my practice and with my donation link, with my merchandise and also through the affiliate links, 10% of all proceeds go to Karis Center in Duncan, Oklahoma. So this is something that's really important to me in my, my practice that I want to support a local place like this that helps support women that are in a pretty difficult spot that, that have a unwanted pregnancy. And we want to help provide them with resources to, to make them as successful as possible in their pregnancy. So that's really important to me. So know that when you're supporting the show, you're not just supporting me, you're also supporting them. And as always, if you want to skip me and just go right to supporting Karis, I've got their link down below. So feel free to, to click that and support them. All right. With that, I'll meet you at the meet section. The meat section. Hey, welcome to the meat section. This is the second of a two-part series that I talked with the Truthful Therapist. If you want to see the first part, which was on the last episode of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast, please click the link below where you can listen to that. Enjoy. This is not... It's really tough to watch. <sighs> I, I had seen uh, some of your posts about about being there, which, again, I think is is fantastic for one that that you're showing up, um, despite the negative insults um, that will be hurled hurled your way. It, it's not a question of if they they will, no no doubt. Um, but to have that type of courage to to face that and still do it do it anyways, and the more that that happens, the more there's that pushback. I know we don't see it right now, but I I really think this thing is going to be coming crumbling down on the gender thing, especially because it's so blatantly obvious, at least with systemic racism and stuff, you can at least see, okay, there there's some basis of logic that could 
potentially be there. Now, I disagree with all of that, but I could see where someone could come to that conclusion. The boy and girl thing is as it's as blatant as could be. And to take that away, to rip away that type of innocence from children, especially, is just evil. I don't, I don't know what other word to say other than evil. It's terrible. I mean, and just, and how it's, I just, it, I mean, there's so much about it, but it's destroying them psychologically and then destroying them phys- physically, destroying their abilities to have pleasure in the future, destroying their abilities to have families in the future. I mean, this is evil stuff, really evil stuff. <laughs> I, I had, so, I had a run in and now granted, I, I have since changed my strategy because I think it, I'm new to this. I'm new to kind of, public eye which i'm still really not much public eye but having youtube videos and things like that but um what was striking to me is again ruby red oklahoma um had a a video about pronouns and my my issue on me looking back over it wasn't the content of it the content of it i think was spot on because this stuff is it's terrible um i don't care that you can say pronoun usage. Oh well, we're not actually mutilating the child, so it's no big deal. No, it's still you're. That's grooming behavior, um, and you're you're going to get there with that type of um, reaction. So it wasn't. I wasn't sorry about that. I like to take things kind of lighthearted and be a little funny. So there's an Elon Musk and Rachel Levine thing in there, and that that I'm probably not going to do that stuff anymore because that did not hit very well with a certain demographic and. Um, in Oklahoma, of all places, just I got lambasted with like conversion therapy. Um, you're discriminating. You block, like you name it. Really, throwing, even throwing there. My way. Yeah. See, oh yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, you're probably familiar with the whole mass formation psychosis yep. concept. I mean, I never again. Um, and by the way, I'm Jewish. I grew up learning about the Holocaust and mm-hmm. all of that. I went to the Holocaust Museum in, in Israel, Yad Vashem, and I I was really educated on that stuff. And I, my whole life, I I sincerely, as a naive person who's never encountered that sort of thing, I've never understood how how that could happen. I really, yeah. really, truly never understood. And and now I, I mean, I hate the whole like Holocaust comparison you can sure. compare it to a lot of other just other horrible things that's happened in history right like communism and in china and i just sure. i never understood how all these terrible things have happened in the world and now i get it yeah and now i get it i just can't believe it and it's and what's been so hard for me to wrap my head around is people that i know people in my family people who i thought were my friends are calling me names or ostracizing me or going along with it or encouraging yeah. these things that are clearly harmful because the media is telling them something. And yeah. I, I just never, I just didn't, I thought people had more critical thinking skills and I didn't realize what followers people were. Uh, no, no doubt. And I think this is why the gender issue specifically, um, we, we talked about some systematic racism crt all that stuff that's important don't get me wrong i think that's very important but this is absolutely the line that i think of no return if you lose this issue truth just absolutely does not matter in your culture um give you a silly example of how 
before getting myself into too much trouble, are, are there people that like legitimately struggle with gender dysphoria? Yes. And they're actually the ones that I feel the most sorry for in all of this because okay. they're not getting treatment. Um, but for the vast majority of people that question gender or whatever, it's going to be like something like my daughter that the other day, she's three. Um, and my son is one. So we got a boy and a girl. Um, they've taken baths together and stuff. So gender stuff, like it's, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to see which one's the boy, which one's the girl. It's really not complicated. And my, my daughter, Natalie's her name has been times She says, I'm a boy. And we said, no, you're not. And she says, no, I'm a boy. Okay. And then tomorrow she wears her pretty dress and it's, it's not a big deal. We just, we move on. Um, and to watch some of those, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I, I, I try to keep libs of TikTok stuff to a minimum um, because it just fries my brain. Um, yes. I, but I saw one a while back where this boy was like two or three and didn't want to get his hair cut. So they're going to call him a girl. It's like, of course he didn't want a haircut. Like it, it's, it, this is just destruction of civilization. And, and I try not to be hyperbolic like that, but. Mm-hmm. I see it that way too. It, it, it I, just is. Too, I mean, I just see like a dystopian nightmare is what I see. And I, I, actually, I was just, I just wrote a sub stack on this and I had to cater my language because I was getting really <laughs> <laughs> about it. And I had to just sort of rule it back a little bit. But yeah, I mean, all of the transhumanism stuff we're headed towards, mm-hmm. just the destruction of society. Um, James Lindsay talks about this a lot. He's like, yeah, I talked about CRT, but it's this queer theory stuff that's going to destroy us. No doubt. It's either going to destroy mankind or the Western world, or we're going to beat it. That's Those are two options. I, I think that's part of what's just so striking again in, in my personal life is now I've always known what a boy and a girl is. Again, that's it's super basic. But to have a little boy and to have a little girl and see them side by side, my girl um, every day she has to wear quote, a beautiful dress. And my boy, he sees a tiger and goes, Rawr. like, it, it's just, it's so easy. And, and that's what blows my mind on this. Like shield them from queer theory and the vast 99.999% of this junk goes away. Just yeah. let them be. Exactly. You don't have to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And the woman we were protesting, her name is Rachel Pepper and Davis. She wrote this book. She wrote it back in 2008. And in there, she writes about how toddlers know their gender and what to do. And, and of course, her advice is to affirm their new gender. This was back in 2008. Yeah. And so she was, she was the guest speaker at their, at their district on Wednesday. They were going to have it in person, but actually they changed it to online because of the backlash. So I don't know. That's probably a good sign. <laughs> yeah. What What would you with this? And I know we talked about this before. Of, um, you know, this stuff's bad. Yes, it's very very bad. We and I think having a form of righteous anger is actually a really good thing. Um, I'm not going to say, hey, let's, uh, yeah, let's threaten people or or try to hit people or whatever, but. I, if there if there was a draw if there was a drag queen event for for kids in my hometown, you better believe there's going to be a huge protest out there, and that's a good thing. Like that's you good. need to have 
that type of backlash. So I, I don't want to say that anger in and of itself is a bad thing. It's really not. But that's only that should only be that reaction part. And then we need to shift that into action, not just react to bad things, actually act. So somebody, a, a conservative uh, therapist or just someone that's not driven by ideology or not even a therapist at all, that's someone's just tired of this cultural view that we're in right now. What what would be your advice to them? What, what, what should they do with this anger, this upsetness? Well, I think for one, they need to not be afraid to speak up about it. And it doesn't need to be on the internet. I mean, we're on the internet now doing this, but that's not for everyone. I think you need to talk to your friends and family about it and not yeah. be afraid of being of someone telling you they calling you a name because yeah. that is empty stuff. And so I, you said I'm so brave or whatever. Maybe I, I was in the beginning, but honestly, I've gotten used to it. You get used to it <laughs> because it, it becomes really empty and meaningless when they just throw a name at you and then they have nothing else to say. Um, and then you do change minds because then there's, then you also find the people that agree with you that have been in hiding. So I think the more people that speak up just in their circles, I think that makes a big yeah. difference. Um, I, I think it depends on where you work or what your, your expertise is. I think it'd be great. I was just thinking about this the other day. Someone was asking me about some children's books to sort of counter the narrative. And there are some out there. Um, Matt Walsh wrote one. There's an a, a agency called Advocates for Protecting Children. They've written a few children's books. Um, someone's asking me specifically for an adolescent. I, I didn't know of one. And then I was thinking about how just in Hollywood, how it's not just a book on that particular message. There's those two. But how it just should be just interweaved as a side story or just our values should be represented. Like love yourself for who you are in some shape or form. and to integrate that into art into what you're doing um and if you have kids i think unfortunately i used to say like just shield them from it and don't say anything unfortunately now kids are going to encounter this no matter what so i do think it's important to talk to your kids about it and tell them that if you're asked to introduce your pronouns you don't have to do it and yep. in fact when you do it it's not as nice as they think it is and explain some of the reasons why that it causes confusion. It makes people not know what's going on and it makes kids feel uneasy and anxious. Um, it stops people from being able to connect from who they really are because they're changing their identities all the time. Like that's, these aren't always nice things. Right. So um, to help explain, and I actually wrote some of this up in my little guide, but, but to, to actually child like age appropriately talk to your children about some of the stuff to get ahead of it because unfortunately it's going to hit them and i think probably even in the red states it's going to hit them because no doubt it's not in person they're going to see it online or they're going to see it on a netflix show scooby-doo has it in it right now like blue Clues has it in it like yeah, yeah. Network has it. it's everywhere so yep. um, but yeah i think whatever profession you're in if you could try to speak up about it there like if you're in the medical profession or if you're in some kind of creative profession um, to speak up about it with your colleagues and figure out it. And if, if it's being forced on you, like decline putting pronouns in your bio or in your, on your email, like, like just, let's just stop. <laughs> let's yeah. stop and then counter it, I guess. And, but be respectful and um, like not be angry. Like 
I like how Moms for Liberty has this little slogan where they say they're joyful warriors. Mm, I so, like that. Like, be joyful. <laughs> Um, and try not to, when you find, like when I find myself being negative, I try to pull back. Like, I don't want to attack anyone. I'm not here to attack anyone. Even people I disagree with, I'm not here to attack them. If they're attacking me, I withdraw from them. Um, I'm not even against people who do adults who identify as trans. I talk to some, many of them are against this also. In fact, they're, they're hating on this more because this is giving them a bad name. I think that's another piece of the agenda is they're trying to, I think they're trying to create more angst and hate against trans people so that there is some kind of crime or violence so that they can prop it up and see there's so much trans hate out there. We need to do more to protect them and do more to, you know, and you're, and then all all the virtue signals are like, I'm not one that hates and I accept you. And and then it just, it just circles. So um, I, there's more division now, I think, between yeah. everyone. There's even division, unfortunately, in the people that are fighting against this, which is sad and frustrating because people have different lines that they want to that they want to keep in terms of who is okay and who isn't, or who we should be protecting, whatever. Right. So, I guess, well, my advice is that was rambly. <laughs> That's okay. Speak up and yeah. uh, find your place. So, I realized for me. I felt like I realized, even though I'm kind of on disability, I lost my job, I'm not even practicing right now, that my role as with over 20 years of experience in the mental health field, that I needed to speak up as a mental health professional. I was originally just about all the politics, right? And I realized like that, that wasn't productive. Like I actually have a certain point of view and certain experience that other people don't have. So I realized that's where my place is. But everyone has a place, like if you're an artist, if you're a writer... If you're in tech, um, if you're just a human being, <laughs> like, and you see the problems, to speak yep. out and figure out where where is your place. There are already groups, a lot of groups that have formed that you could join if that that those are groups that you feel like you can fit in. Like, the, I'm in with the Mom Army. There's Moms for Liberty. There's um, lots of different places you could join, and then maybe you could do your own project. I think a lot of What's going to help is, unfortunately, we're going to have to build our own things. These yeah. institutions around us are crumbling. You build your own practice here, you know, alongside of what's happening because you don't agree with what's happening in the institutions. I think we're going to need more and more of that. I think we're going to have to come together more at the same time. But um, being creative and um, I like, like, I appreciate the comedians that are doing comedy for the against this. So it's not just serious. We're not just. Yeah. And yeah. about it like i think there's all different ways we can combat this stuff and to get our message out i i think what's really important and what you were saying there is it's not complicated like you you don't we don't have to have somebody that's going to rise up and be our great leader and just fix it all like no just talk to your kids we, yeah. we have a we have a book. Um, we, we have a book. Um, it's uh, oh, God made boys, God made girls, something, something, something like that. Real simple. It's there's girls, there's boys. They're different. Like it's and that's about it. But that helps protect them because I know for certain if my kids, um, which we're we're going to um to homeschool our kids, and that that's a whole other conversation out there too. Keep yeah. them out of 
schools. <laughs> That's I'm I'd never in a million years thought I would be beating that drum, but here here I am, no doubt about it. So mm-hmm. there there are some specific things, but just say something. Just get the get the people around you, your kids, your spouse, your your coworkers, whoever it may be around you, and those things that you're secretly liking, just say it out loud. Like that that's really that's really it. You don't have to upplant yourself and do something massive. Do we have some other infrastructure things that would be helpful? Absolutely. And surround yourself with other groups of people, sure. But you don't have to spend thousands of dollars and, and do some big thing. Just tell your kids that boys are boys and girls are girls. That's a start. That's and good. Then go yeah. from there. I'm I'm an old school liberal and grew up in the, like the 70s and 80s and I always liked free to be you and me. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh-uh. It's I mean it, honestly it was it was a liberal show and it's it's from the mid 70s and there's this little sketch with these babies and they're newborns and they talk about they're talk about basically breaking some gender roles and whatnot and they're little babies and then at the very end of the skit they because they're like, no, I'm a boy. No, I'm a boy. I'm a girl. You know, and, and they didn't know. And uh-huh. then at the very end, they have the nurse comes and changes their diaper. And then they, they go, oh, look at that. I'm a girl. And then they're like, look at that. I'm a boy. Uh-huh, see? Because they're, they're talking about. And there was more of honestly a liberal point of view where boys can, boys can be dancers or have more. Sure. They could do things that girls would typically want or want to wear a dress, but that doesn't make them not a boy. And then the girl, like the girl, I think she was saying she wanted to be a fireman and, and, or a fire person. I don't know how they put it then. <laughs> and, and, uh, but they still said, but I'm a boy and I'm a girl because when they got their diapers changed. Yeah. So that's the other, that's the other message. So when kids don't necessarily conform into what's traditional gender roles, that does not make them the opposite right. sex. And that's, I think that's a very strong message because we're kind of regressing back to these like really old stereotypes of what a boy exactly should be and what exactly a girl should be. And in general, in general speaking, that is the case that most girls and boys fall sure. into those um, traditions or the, those stereotypes. But, you know, there's the people that don't. And then they are the ones that feel as though they don't fit in. And then I think they're more vulnerable to being yeah. believing that they're trapped in the wrong body or something like that yeah. and they're being told that instead of being said no you're just a, a girl who likes to play with trucks and that's sure. fine so yeah no that that's that's a really good point and um uh, i was gonna say some jordan jordan peterson statistics he said once i, I would butcher it someone i'm gonna say it but um it's much more of a yeah, here's these percentages. Uh, you're going to have 66% of engineers are males. I think it's much higher than that. Um, uh, you're going to have 80% of nurses that are that are females. Um, but it's never 100-0 for like any of those. Um, my, my Typically, um, women tend to be more um, inclined to be in social uh, sciences, be more into counseling, emotional type of things. My wife would be the worst counselor. You would not want to visit her. She would just say, stop it, get over it. <laughs> like it, it, She's not super empathetic in that way. That doesn't mean she's a man or, or that I'm a woman. Like, like you're saying, it's, I'm still a man. I just have on that one trait is more feminine than what 
other traits that I have that are more masculine. But we've conflated that, a more masculine or feminine trait, into, oh, well, gender's just this big knob and we can twist it here, twist it there. No, it's static. And exactly. And it's easy. That's, that's again, you change the diaper. There yeah. you go. There's yeah. your answer. I'll, have to po- I'll post it on Twitter so you can see. I'm, okay. I'm yeah. No, I, I would, I would appreciate that for sure. Um, yeah, but again, I think that's, that's the big takeaway from this. Just, just say something. And I I guess kind of the the question for you on that, um, when you first decided to really start posting things, saying things out loud, um, was it hard for you that first go around to actually stand up and say something? Well, I think I I went through stages. So I had this other account where I didn't have my name and my face. And so I started it out that way. Okay. And then, and then it was, and then, yeah, when I did it, it wasn't so hard because I didn't realize at that time I'd already been sort of canceled by my friends and by the job. Yeah. So I had less to lose. I'd say the hard part was just making videos and speaking to the camera. Sure. <laughs> Those technical things. I'm not good at that. I kept stumbling. I kept like, like <laughs> <"Yeah."> <laughs> I'm having these sort of silly outtakes, <laughs> but that's yeah. not really what you're asking. <laughs> shy, you know, it was about being sure. shy and not having to practice and, and feeling like I didn't have the um, ability to speak clearly I look yeah. at all these really well-poised people and how well they speak, but of course they, they're that way because they've gotten a lot of practice. Absolutely. And I'm getting more practice. I'm still not as, I'm not a, a s- expert speaker, but yeah, so it's gotten easier. I remember at first when people would call me names, it would really get to me. And then now I'm used to it. So it, it doesn't yeah. as much. So th- that's changed. Um, it's been, it was hard telling my family or talking to my family about it. It still is, to be honest. And they just avoid the topic and it kind of hurts me, but um, it's sort of a sad state of, it's something I've had to accept, which is yeah. not easy. Sure. I, I, I think that that's probably going to be true in most cases where those intimate um, relationships are going to be the more difficult ones because yeah. we care about them more. Um, but just like you had said there, if that starting point is I have a completely anonymous account and I'm just posting stuff. I'm kind of, it's almost that exposure therapy type of thing. I'm getting used to this level of anxiety, putting myself out there. Just again, do, do something. Um, and I promise you it's going to be worth it. Um, because if you chose not to say anything, you didn't say anything to your family. It's still in there. It's not like it went anywhere. I just haven't said anything yet. Yeah. I mean, I feel I'm the kind of person, like I need to be myself. Um, I, I feel like I'm the best and worst of both worlds because I still have the bleeding heart liberal piece inside of me, but now, well, it's not worse, but, but I have the conservative point of view where I've learned that a lot of these things that I was taught were helping, like we'll just say welfare programs and things like that. I thought were helping people at least to some level I've learned has done way more damage. So yeah. now I'm like, Oh, well, all the things I was told was helpful is hurting. So now I have the bleeding heart liberal personality with all this knowledge and all the people that are implementing the stuff won't listen to me. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is tough. No, no doubts to, um, to face that level of rejection and, and things like that. But 
yeah, if I if it takes me sacrificing truth, it takes me sacrificing um you know my my value system, my my morals to keep relationships. You have, we have to really ask ourselves like is is this a healthy relationship? Is They're this something real. that really needs to be here? I mean, I learned that too just the liberal mindset and Thomas Sowell actually talks about this how liberals care about the society more than they care about the people in their lives or their family. Mm. And he has a quote about that. I don't know what it is directly. But I remember when I was really disabled I was in severe pain and that was around the time when there was that like he hat march happening in 2017. And I remember my one friend who is not my friend anymore getting mad at me because I wasn't going to the march and I didn't care about things when I couldn't barely tie my shoes at the time. And she never came over to visit me. I mean, she eventually did. And then that was the last time I saw her because I wasn't enthusiastic about fighting the Planned Parenthood funding or whatever else cause she thought was important. And what's strange is at the time, I was sort of on her side about things, or at least somewhat. I didn't disagree entirely. And I wasn't about, I wasn't against it. I was, I think, yeah. neutral. And I really wasn't informed enough. And I didn't, I just didn't have an opinion. And I think even just not having an opinion was offensive to her. And I wasn't good enough to be her friend, even though I really needed her. And I just, she had just gotten married soon before that, where I was like involved in her wedding and helping. Oh, and man. I even like gave her like stuff to use for her wedding and supported her through like the stress of her wedding. And we were, we were close. And we haven't spoken to her since 2017. And I feel like that is, that was like part of my learning curve is watching how people care about society in this yeah. way, which and I've realized what the way they think is helping is not, but even if it is, or they believe it is, but also they, they stop caring about their own friends. Yeah, um, I had this other best friend too, where she just, same thing. I saw her online going to that march, but she never reached out to me to see how I'm doing, even though I was posting about how I was in severe pain, I had to drop out of work, and I was alone and scared and sad, and we were best friends. And she didn't, She actually wrote to me once and just said, I think about writing to you, and then I realized that like it's hard. I know it's hard for you to email because at the time I couldn't use my hands very well, so it's hard to yeah. email. So she said, then I just don't reach out to you. Well, that, like, that's helpful. friend is that? And then I, I remember just crying and, and that, that was part of my wake up too, just watching how people are, how they act like yeah. they care so much about people and they care so much about society. And then when someone they're supposed to care about in their life, they don't, they drop the ball. Maybe yeah. because it's too hard for them. I mean, I don't know, but it does, I don't, it's, if that's, that's a trend. And Thomas Sowell talked about that. So. That reminds me of a, a quote. I'm not even sure who said it, but, um, something along the lines of uh, they want to change the world, but they haven't even changed a diaper. And yeah. it's just that mentality. Yeah. I'm, society, we're going to, we're going to fix it. We're going to fix income inequality or whatever it may, might be. But yeah, there's that old grandma across the street that needs help with their yard. Why, why, why don't you yeah. help that first? That's it. Yeah. And what is, Jordan Peterson talks about that, right? Like clean up your own house first. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, that's just, that's, I just, my whole worldview, my naivete has really just, the bubble just bursted <laughs> after, after everything I went through, both physically and then politically. And yeah, and now being online, just this, I'm just constantly growing. And, you know, I'm no spring chicken and I still have lots to learn. 
And I think, yeah. I think that's what I like about myself. Like I have humility and that's what I, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that that was something that people didn't have, that they aren't open to learning new things. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that, um, a lot on the conservative side, um, I, I, I catch myself sometimes that, okay, I, I have a lot, basically I agree with Democrats on like nothing. So that, uh, so that's easy for me to, to have some disagreement there, but I think it's more important. Some of the disagreements I have on, on more of the conservative side of things, um, whether it be pol- politically or in my case, just more kind of ideologically or uh, just kind of your, your mindset that, yeah, well, we got it all figured out over here. So you just, well, around these parts will be, uh, you know, you just stay to California, get out, of, get out of here, get out of this part of the state, stay in California. Don't infect us. We got it. We got it made. We're perfect. And from a lot of the stories I just shared with you, clearly we don't have it all figured mm-hmm. out that there's a lot of problems going on. So having that humility to look at, yeah, what's going wrong here? What's going wrong in your house? Um, you might, yeah. Are your kids, are they on TikTok and, and looking at all these ideologies, things like that? If you don't know if they are or not, they probably are. So get your own house in order, just like, like Jordan Peterson's saying there, get your own life in order instead of just, boy, that liberal person over there is crazy, right? Like, yeah. that's not super helpful to point how crazy that person is when you've got your own problems. Get your own problems fixed first. Definitely. And then also recognize that you're not invincible to these problems. They're, co- I mean, unfortunately, California has, uh, they've, they've infected, they're infected the whole country. So um, you can't pretend it's not happening. No. And, and, and in a lot of ways, it's actually a little bit, uh, I think a little bit more difficult. And in an Oklahoma, Texas, this part of the country of being a conservative and being vigilant as it would be being more of a conservative in California. That that's it's pretty blatant in your case of like okay, that guy over there, the one that's got the American flag out front, that probably can hang with them. Like it, it's just a little bit easier to dissect some of that. Where here, if you're a Republican, you're going to win the race. Like that's almost verbatim across the board. But what are they really like? Like yeah. Do they really have your best interest in mind? And in many, many cases, that is not the case. Um, so we just we just sit back, relax. No, we're good here. Um, when we've got the same ideologies, we've got the same type of teachers, all of that stuff is happening in rural Oklahoma. You just aren't aware that it's going on. Yeah, I mean, I actually it's interesting because when I when I am talking to an open minded Democrat. By the way, you know, I was one for most of my life, but when they're like, I'll never be a Republican or whatever, I'm like, there's something to know that most Republicans don't like Republican politicians either. (laughs) Because they'll be like, well, this person did this and this person did that. And and I'll be like, you know, a lot of people don't like what like Trump did or said, or they don't like what so-and-so, I mean, I don't want to name all these names, but like just because someone um, affiliates as a Republican doesn't mean they like their party. In fact, it, it that's the big difference is Democrats are blindly just follow everything. Like yeah. even even when someone's a like sleeps with a Chinese spy or <laughs> sniffs that wouldn't happen. little children's hair or, or <laughs> does all these crazy things, like they 
I mean, obviously, one, they don't hear about it. But two, even when you, they do finally hear about it, they just like, oh, well, it's better than. Yep. Trump, yep. So it's fine. You know, even though it's wildly crazy. So yeah. but Republicans don't do that. They they'll at least at least talk wise, they'll hold their officials accountable and say, I don't like that. You know, everyone's a rhino. Right. I mean, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, that's I mean, that's like both the weakness and strength of people who are Republican, I'd say, sure. is that they don't stand behind their candidates, but then at the same time, they also hold them accountable. So, yeah. Sure. Sure. And, and I think that's, again, where um, I'm really beating this drum of if you're looking at conservatism, I find it so much more impactful to have that in your life, in your personal life, in your home, in your work, than in the polls. Like, not trying to say to not vote, like voting, all that stuff is very, very important for sure. Um, and I think our policies dictated by our officials, we're seeing that they're they're extremely impactful. So yes, that that's important. But I can sit here in the and this is actually really ironic um, during the Biden presidency, which there's been like nothing that I've agreed with that administration about. Um, and I say that somewhat facetiously, but truthfully like it's just like every week like no that that's dumb um but i look at i look at my life i've i actually am really enjoying things right now i'm enjoying going out on my own my family's doing great we just um bought some bought some property looking at um building out on on an acreage like there's a lot going great in my life right now and I'm not letting stupid policy decisions, while yes, they have an effect on me, no doubt, but I'm not letting that bog me down to where I'm just on Fox News and yelling at the TV all day. Yeah. Like, not helpful. Not helpful. Yeah, Again, we got to stay positive and constructive, I'll say. We got to stay constructive. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Again, using that anger, we should be angry when we see some of these things, yes. But use it to direct you to be more courageous, to be um, more open about sharing your beliefs by getting your own life in order. If your life's a mess and, and you're just doing nothing all day, you're super depressed. Um, obviously, I'm a counselor, so I, I would love for you to get some mental help to, to go to a counselor. But aside from that, like, do something. Yeah. Pick up a book. Go go exercise. Um I just think we're in such a culture that we want something from the outside to fix us, whether it's Trump, um, whether the other end, if it's Obama, like it, whoever it might be, when you've got tools to fix a lot of stuff, not everything, um, but a lot of things on your own, if you would just just do something. And what you just said is a conservative value. And I didn't know that before. So what you just said is take personal responsibility, yep. right? And I didn't know I was supposed to not think that <laughs> I thought I was I I thought that was a a general value for everyone for Americans right to work hard and take responsibility for your life um, and now I've learned that's more of a and to say not Democrat value it's a conservative value I didn't know that before I didn't get that memo before yeah and and I don't know if that always was that case I I don't, I don't think so um, I think what's happening is. We had a – I usually heard people say our, our country generally has been a center-right type of 
country. You have some people that are more center left, some just pure center, more a little bit more right, a little bit more left, but always been somewhere in that little circle there. And through many means, policies, and and I think a lot of just our uh, digitalization of of society, um, we're we're just drifting. And now I might be again, I might be in rural Oklahoma that's conservative, but in my little TikTok group, I've got my little trans group right here, and um, we're we're right here together. But I don't really talk to my parents. I just go to my own room. So like they're there, but they're not really impacting me the same way. Whereas previously, even neighbors across the street or, or, or your state, your country in general, like, yeah, you've always had people more left, more right. But by and large, you're all kind of right here. Um, mm-hmm. So we shared a lot of those more values. Um, and now I'm like, like, some of those super liberal people in, in California, like, I don't know what values I share at all. I, I, it's, it's really sad. And I think that's how we can dehumanize each other because we don't share any of the same values. Yeah. And I think that's also what's changed is we've been taught to other each other. Yeah. Um, we've been othered and really the left has done that more to the right, but then the right, I feel like is forced to do it because they're being called all these names and ostracized. So um, it's happening on both ends, but I, I personally believe it's starting more from the left. Um, but that wasn't the case when I was growing up, you know, in the eighties, like someone had a, a Bush or Reagan sign and that was fine. Your next door neighbor had a Reagan sign. You weren't like, Oh my God, a white supremacist. Yeah. You're like, Oh, okay. So they're, they like Republicans and, you know, we're voting for the Democrats. And that was just normal. And yeah. it's, it's just not like that anymore. They, they, no. the news tells everybody that we're white supremacists. I mean, I was for recalling Gavin Newsom. I was a QAnon white supremacist Nazi. <laughs> and then, you know, that's what I was told. I mean, I'm Jewish. <laughs> well, so, I mean, Larry Elder was the black face of white supremacy. Of white supremacy. <laughs> Even though we had that woman, like with a gorilla mask egg him that like, no one cared about that <laughs> no. yeah so yeah it's it's insane so that 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 stuff wasn't happening before like it is now so and i personally just thought people were smarter than that and wouldn't take that bait but now i'm realizing that they yeah. do and they have and the programming is deep unfortunately and, and and i think that's another kind of piece of action there is aside from just your family, those people around you speaking up, saying things, doing more connective pieces, like going and I don't know, baking a cake for your neighbor or something, just little things, those, those things that we've taken for granted for so long. Um, those aren't just, Oh, that's kind of a nice thing to do. Like they, they keep communities going. Um, so don't devalue just those little connective pieces. Like that. Yeah. Yes. And California, it's it's so funny when you said that. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so not like that here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am, we are working on actually moving out. Um, so because, yeah, that's been my contention is the people it's just are just much less friendly here yeah. you know honestly aside from just california it's the area of california because if i'm if i actually go to a different area of california that's not as liberal it's actually still even friendlier there mm. but um 
it's you can do it here, but it's it's not common, and it's just not yeah. it's not in our culture here, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and and that's another important piece there too. Hey, I, I I've even given some some quips towards you of uh, hey, we're we're good in Oklahoma for the most part. I know I kind of dogged on some things here, but comparatively, it's not even close. It, it's very very different. Um, but if you don't have if you're in San Francisco or wherever, and you don't have the means to get out, you have to have a, a different expectation level. Um, if my expectation, I'm going to speak out and the Bay Area is going to be waving American flags, they're Trump, MAGA, Republican, like, not going to happen. Um, but could you make that impact of somebody on your street or, or the, the person you go to work with or or your kids, something like that? Yeah, you, you'll make an impact. It's just not going to be the same level. And every family has to judge that differently because if I'm in California with my, with my family, um, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing everything I can to get out because there, there is a degree that your sanity is, is important. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it can be tough here. But we actually, I have a, I do have a group of conservative friends here. There's a group where they, they've really, um, we've worked hard to find each other and get together and do things together. So despite the fact that I'm in this heavily blue area, there are a group of uh, more conservatives that get together and support each other. So we're not so alone. So yeah. that's great. We have a community. Community, and that—that's the word—is find community. Um, in your case, in this situation of with kind of like-minded political ideology type type of people, important. Um, but find a community wherever. Like, if you go volunteer at your local dog shelter, I don't care what it is. Like, have community. This mindset, particularly post COVID, that I can just be on my phone and be on on twitter or, or tiktok or whatever and that's community it's Person. there is an aspect that okay i can reach out like hey you and i we found each other that way like there's an aspect that can be helpful but boy it is no replace of any type of real physical face-to-face -face community you you can't you can't digitize that no and I actually don't even really believe in Zoom therapy for that reason. So, yeah, I think in-person uh, is way underrated. We need more in-person, face-to-face contact. For it's, sure. it's, it is important. It is important to have that, to have that connection. And, um, again, don't devalue that. Don't devalue um, having that conversation with your mailman. Uh, my my yeah. mailman actually goes... Uh, goes to church with me. So, uh, he'll, he'll send me a text if I have a big package or something. So I have a little bit of an in with my, uh, with my mailman, but you might just talk about the weather. You, you, you don't have to talk about a, a whole lot, but you're talking, you're, you're connecting. Um, you can't just be alone all day. You, you just, you just can't, nobody can. Exactly. Yeah. We can't, we can't underestimate the uh, value of human connection. Yes, Ab absolutely. Spot on. And I think that's something that, through through your work and i'm trying to to do through through mine as uh, as well um of emphasizing that act active part of connecting with other people speaking um 
not just speaking your truth and speaking the truth, being, being truthful. Um, it truly isn't that complicated. That's all it takes. And what, like we were talking about before we recorded, it's so fun to be on this side now of having some of these connections, having some of these people like, Oh, wow. Hey, yeah, that that's, that's oh, connect. Look, I found somebody. I found somebody. You know, it's, exactly urgent movie i don't know if you ever saw those like where she everybody's following the orders and then there's the divergent people that yeah don't follow the orders or that can think for themselves that's what i feel like we're like the divergence (laughs) absolutely and those people are there they're in your hometown that they are um they might be in your house that they might be down the street from you but we are such like you're talking about we're such followers in, in a lot of ways and that's working to the negative but it can work to the positive too that if you start leading you start saying something you're going to get people that follow you that direction too it just takes that spark yep that's it courage is courageous yes yes absolutely well any other uh, things that you would really want to make sure that kind of my audience knows about you or any other projects, things like that, that you would like to tell people about? Well, I did write this parent's guide to mental health. So I'll just talk about that briefly. So because I've worked in with mostly teenagers, families in school settings and in clinics for so many years as a supervisor for other social workers and therapists, I'm, I can't work full time. I still have some chronic pain. I can't carry a caseload. I was kind of at a loss after the whole uh, losing my job thing. So I'd realize what would be my place to kind of educate and be a consultant for parents. So I actually put together a whole online curriculum. I have 11 classes now on different topics, basically to help parents understand what is appropriate therapy. And I mean, I don't, I don't tout exactly what a certain type of therapy is better than another because there are lots of different types of therapy and part of it is for you to figure out what's the right fit for you. But I also talk about what are red flags and, you know, like crossing boundaries and Mm -hmm. not having the therapist not using you or your child for their um, ego, things like that. So I, I wrote about suicide prevention and how to, how to assess for suicide, like real suicidality, since that's now being used as a weapon to parents because they're told, well, your kid will kill themselves if you don't affirm their gender identity. So let's learn how to actually assess for suicide. And it's pretty easy if the person says they don't have a plan or means. I mean, that's really a basics, but I wrote a whole long lesson about it. And then if you do need to call 911 or you need to get help, what to expect? Um, Like, for example, they usually do handcuff you if you are suicidal for your own safety. So just a lot of the inside information that I know as a mental health professional, that someone who's not been in the field or not been exposed to it wouldn't know so that you know what to expect and you know how to advocate for what you should expect. Yeah. And how to find an appropriate therapist that's not going to indoctrinate your child and not going to shut you out from the therapy because that's important. Um, Unfortunately, the agenda is to shut parents out and keep divide families, which to me is wild as someone has really been a big proponent of family therapy and connecting families because of course we therapists are only in a family's life for a brief time. Sure. So um, that's on the truthfultherapist.org. And that's been my big project. And I'm providing consultations too for parents. So if 
they're seeing a therapist and they think, is this kosher or is this not? Or they're looking for a therapist and they want to know kind of what screening questions to ask, which is actually in my thing. But I've noticed a lot of parents don't want to sit and read it themselves. They just want to talk to somebody that they believe is sane. So I can provide that for them too. I don't provide therapy for people and I don't believe in doing Mm -hmm. that remotely anyway. Um, But what I do is basically help them figure out and find who a therapist for them and their families. I think that's such a a neat idea um, because yeah, that that's something that I'm actually kind of exploring on on my own. Not really exactly what you're doing, but how to expand beyond just the the therapy room. Um, that which is important, sure. But there's other aspects that we can be helping people, and that that's a great one. Like you and I, we kind of know with the process pretty well yeah. because we've been in it, right? Like we yeah. assume we know, and I realize other people don't know, like. And that's how I think a lot of families are getting manipulated mm-hmm. to make these decisions. And you've got all yeah. these experts telling them you need to do this. Or you need to put them on this medication or you need to do this. Or you need to do that. And yeah. um, I'm not even here to say what is the right thing to do, but just help them be able to make an informed decision. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's great because, um, yeah, so many parents, they're just so, they're so confused. They don't know what to do. And I've heard that some here lately, which blows my mind too. Um, I actually don't work with minors too terribly often. They're just not, um, I like them in a personal life, but uh, therapeutically it's just never really been been my thing as much. But um, when I have, of course you talk with the parents. Like, of course. Why, why wouldn't you? It's not to. That's yeah. about this because you're not taking the word for a, from a child, even a really, let's say good child or an honest child. You're still not because you still need to hear other points of view. You need to hear the family's point of view, or you need to hear about things that happened before the child was verbal. I mean, yeah. you just need to know what, and you need to talk to them about medical issues or other things that the child just wouldn't know about. And also you need to support the parent. You need to know yeah. what's happening parent to know what's happening with the child so if the parent's secretly planning a divorce with their spouse then maybe they're having stress that's being displaced onto the child you need to know that to be able to yeah. treat that child that will give you a lot of clinical insight how are you supposed to have clinical insight without talking to a parent blows my mind and that's happening now more and more ever so common because yeah. parents are being demonized or being told that they're bigots if they're not it's just ridiculous yeah that so you know, I, let's I, just say, for example, the parents are bigots, like, or they're terrible. Like, even the bad parents need to be involved. However, you want yeah. to the, you're <laughs> you're only going to be there for an hour. Like, yeah, I, that that's crazy to me that 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 mm-hmm. that would happen. But I've been I've been hearing the same thing, um, more and more. Why you would not involve them? That any time I've had a minor, I've at least offered end of session. Hey, here's um. Here's kind of some of the issues we've been talking about, or you know, we'll still work respect some of that confidentiality, but um, can talk in generalities of, hey, what's your viewpoint? Heard that? Heard we had a hard hard day at school today. What what did you hear? Like, it's not that difficult to involve them. There's a way to do it because because the therapist will say. Now the leftist therapist mostly will say something effective. I I need you be able to gain trust with your child. So I can't talk to you or I can't tell you anything. And that's not true. You, so that's what I go into is how, 
what are some what is some information that you can get? Maybe you're not going to get every detail. Maybe you're not going to get who they have a crush on right now or something like that. Yeah. But you can get general information. You can get what are the treatment goals? What are you working on? What are yeah. some of the concerns you're seeing? What you know? What are the you know what's happening in the session? Is the child talking or not? Are they you know are they engaging or are they not engaging? I mean, you can these this is information the parents allowed to have. And the fact that they're not, they're saying, well, no, we can't say anything is just wrong. And I want the parents to know that. And and if they have a therapist treating their child that says, no, I can't talk to you, or I can't tell you anything, I want them to know that that's wrong and to challenge that if they still like the therapist at all, or fire that therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So good. No, I I think having that, just in general, um, having more parent, um, not just um uh, uh, authority or or kind of that that power although that that's important but confidence i think that's what a lot of parents are lacking is that's it. confidence and you're you're helping supply that to them that's it i want to empower the parents that's exactly it you put it well i want them to know that, to not blindly trust the experts and to arm them with some information and with maybe some language you throw, throw some therapy terms at them so that yeah. they <laughs> you know like so that they're not, because I think therapists actually do that. They use therapy words at a parent to intimidate yeah. them, right? Yep. And I, I want the parents to not feel intimidated, especially if maybe they're a parent that didn't go to college. Then they might feel insecure. Well, probably in a lot of ways, if you didn't go to college, you're probably a lot smarter than a therapist that did go to college. <laughs> and so yes. please don't let that be a source of intimidation. But I also do have a wealth of experience in the mental health field. I think before it went woke and crazy. So I want to provide that to the parents so they know what is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that is very, very needed. And I said, I really appreciate the outside the box a little bit of of thinking there. I think that's something that the world of therapy, psychology, social work, that whole area really struggles with. Um, Here's how we do things. And that's it. You're yeah. a counselor, you counsel, and you go no further than that. Um, there's other ways. We just have to think outside the box a little bit. I think I was forced to because of my circumstances. Yeah. You know, I probably would be doing what you're doing otherwise. Uh, which which is interesting. It's almost kind of like uh, you're doing a project or art project or something. And those restrictions can actually really bring out the creativity. Um in yeah. your case, you didn't really want to have to do that, but it's, I think it's good for the, for the parents that you're, you're impacting to show that, yeah, there does need to be kind of this guidebook, uh, some inside scoop to not just trust any and every therapist you, your child talks to. Exactly. You, when you said that, you reminded me of like Jaws, right? Jaws turned out to be an amazing <laughs> movie because the mechanical shark didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And that's, it's similar kind of in my life, um, did not have this idea at all to, to be in this type of position, never had any desire to do a podcast, to talk to people, things like that, but different restrictions, different things that happen kind of forced down this lane. And it's fun. Um, it's sometimes these challenges, they turn into being a really fun project to, to get to enjoy doing. Definitely. And your voice, my voice, our voices are really important because there are not many of us. <laughs> Excuse me. There's not, oh, no. <laughs> there's not many of us out there 
And then those that are out there are silenced. So yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> no, you're you're fine. Um, and and I do think for both of us having our experience of, um, you know, with with mandates, that does harden you up a little bit. That that does kind of suck some of the naivety out of you um, and says it's it's time to go to battle. <laughs> we we, we got to go now. Um, and <laughs> oh, I'm coughing. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, definitely. And, and I think it's important for for those of us that have been in that position to say, okay, that wasn't fun. That that was not a desirable time, but it happened. And let me share my experience. And like you said, there's other people that have similar experiences. And if you haven't, um, here are some ways that maybe we could help prepare you um, for. I think if you have any semblance of conservative um, values at all, um, not even just saying vote Republican, just you believe there's an objective truth, um, yeah. you're you're going to face discrimination, some type of some type of issue down down the road. You you probably have already, but let's just stop trying to avoid it. And how can we equip ourselves? How how can we how can we deal with it? Yeah, and being more honest with ourselves. And have integrity, right? And not be afraid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, where can people find you at? So um, you found me on Twitter. I'm a red pilled LCSW. So at red pilled LCSW. On Instagram, I'm at the truthful therapist. It's actually the dot truthful therapist. I have a Substack called Pam the Truthful Therapist. I'm on YouTube as the Truthful Therapist. Those are, those are the main places. I'm imagining if most people search the Truthful Therapist, they're probably going to find a lot of your stuff. Yeah. You can just, yeah, the Truthful Therapist, or if you just put in my name, which is Pamela Garfield Yeager, I think you'll find me now. Just funny that my family hasn't Googled me and <laughs> seen everything I'm doing, but it'll happen yeah. eventually. <laughs> I, I, I would imagine that that, that would. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll link all of that down in the description below. Um, definitely feel free to to look at all of the the cool stuff that she's doing out there. And yeah, I really appreciate your time and, and just the, the great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for giving me a voice and for connecting. Absolutely. All right. Well, you take care. Yes. The last word. Today's last word is persistence. The reason why I'm choosing this word is, as I mentioned earlier, my wife is pregnant. Now, many women face difficulties when they're pregnant with illness, morning sickness, just discomfort growing a little child inside of you. However, my wife faces more difficulties than most women. You see, for her previous two pregnancies, she stayed sick pretty much the entire nine months. To put it in my wife's words right now, a good day for her is if she only vomits one to four times a day. Granted, that is a good day. So think of what a bad day is, more like nine to 12 times in a day. It's really rough on her. But nevertheless, she persisted. 
You've heard that phrase before, right? She continues on because she has a beautiful why at the end. Why does she continue being sick? She has a wonderful child. Our new son is inside of her. So she's going to persist to provide care for that boy. And whenever he comes out of her, she's going to be so excited to get to hold him and to love him. And it's going to be worth it. But again, she has a reason why she is persisting through what she's going through. I don't know what struggles you're going through. Maybe you're dealing with the death of a loved one, going through grief. Maybe you're dealing with depression or anxiety. I'm not sure. But if you don't have a reason why you are going through what you're going through, it's going to be hard to persist. Let's take an example of somebody that wants to run a marathon. I don't know if any of you listening have ran a marathon before, but that is 26.2 miles. If you've never ran ran anywhere close to that amount, that's a long, long ways to go. And if let's say that runner is in the middle of the race and they're 15 miles in, they have a lot of reasons why they should quit, right? They're hungry. They're tired. They're, they're just done. They want to go home. So why not just quit? They would feel better in the moment, right? Well, their why might be, I want to make it. I want to get one of those 26.2 stickers to put on the back of my vehicle. Maybe they've ran marathons before and they want to get their personal best time. But that why is what pushes them through that difficult moment. So I encourage you, if you're going through something hard right now, ask yourself, why? Why am I persisting? What is keeping me going? And what's on the other side? I'm not going to guarantee you if you come up with the answer to these questions that you're not going to have any problems. You more than likely will continue to have issues. But knowing why you're doing what you're doing is going to help you to continue pushing on and make it through this struggle. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed the content that I make, please consider giving this video or podcast a like, leaving me a good review on any of the podcast platforms that you listen to this on. I really appreciate you hanging out with me, and I'll talk to you guys again in a couple weeks.